We made this. Hello everyone and welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. Usually, but not today, because I am back again with Mark Adams. Hi Mark. Oh, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright. I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this um, second instalment as um, I was expecting to be like poo-pooing everything and you impressed me. I was going to say, you, you, you at least know what you're in for this time. I, I was right? throwing out some sums willy-nilly on the last yeah. episode. So yeah, I won't go into what's going on, because if you don't know, you should just listen to the last episode we did. Um, just just a reminder, um, Mark, the the benchmark that we'd set and the, you know, the highest score of nine sum-sums that you'd given was for Hollywood Studios when we went to do some Star Wars shit. Um, we ate at the sci-fi dining and we went to the droid depot to make our own astromech droid. Uh, We went on the Millennium Falcon. We went shooting catapults with Toy Story and we went on the Hollywood Tower of Terror and you gave that nine some sums. So that's the day to beat this week. And you weren't impressed with the very last day, which was doing washing me dirty pants. Well, yeah. But anyway, I was impressed after- by the way they deal with washing your dirty pants. But oh, yes, eh. it's very futuristic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess in a, in a lot of ways, if if you get all your pants washed, that means that there's lot there's more space in your suitcase to bring back tat. And I would have assumed that you would have probably bought quite a lot of tat on this holiday. Oh my- Oh my God, Mark, the tat you would not believe. I mean, I was even planning what I was going to buy half the time. Oh, no, <laughs> I want to hear your list of tat that you want to buy. I want to rate your list of tat. All right. Okay. So um, these were the defos that I had to buy. So like we are Disney pin collectors, Kirsty and I, um, which are literally like enamel pins. But Disney have like this huge... Um, collection that they're always doing limited editions and they've been going since like about 2000 so it's not something that you can ever get a full set of but yeah they do it they do them for everything so all the films and stuff but then they also do specific ones that you can only buy in certain shops and things um but that obviously includes um unique pins for each hotel so our plan was to have a pin for the um Port Orleans French Quarter, which is where we're staying. We definitely wanted to get one of those. Um, and as well, like, as trashy as it is, me and Kirsty really like tiki culture and Polynesian uh, mid-century Americana. So there is actually a, th- a hotel at Disney that's themed to that. So we were looking to buy loads of uh, tiki shit from there. I mean, um, I do like tiki shit, so all right, I'll give you that. That sounds all right. Yeah, um, we'll and, go and, into that when we get there on the day. Every boy has a collection, and yeah, I, I can't dish you for your pins collection. Every boy has a collection. I, I, you know, I think we talked about it on the last episode. I have a collection on my own arm, so I can't judge yes. you for collecting. <laughs> yeah, and then just clothes as well. Like they have a a lot of designs that you can only get over there. Um, 
and you know there'll be ones that actually say which park you're in and things like that which are always cool to have for bragging rights when you come back. What so. about a Gus t-shirt or a million dollar duck t-shirt or or a one of our dinosaurs is missing t-shirt? Um, you know, the thing is, if they sold them, I would buy them. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the lulls. But yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to find anything like that over there somehow. Would they have any of the kind of like tat films at all? Like, I don't know. Um, you might get some Herbie shit. Like, that yeah. might be... I think the problem is, like, Disney know and are very aware that they were the most popular in the 90s. They know that my generation, who were children in the 90s, are now going to Disney without kids. So the majority of the uh, merchandise is either aimed at kids, so like the more recent Pixar and Frozen things, mm. or it's 90s-tastic. It really is. Right. Um, because, like... I've I've always said like my favorite Disney movie is a goofy movie and I think when I was a kid in 95 <laughs> stop laughing it's good <laughs> I haven't seen it but it still amuses me that that's your well, you... favorite how can that possibly be your favorite Disney when the Lion King is a thing Look it's about being embarrassed by your dad and my dad was really embarrassing all right <laughs> I could relate very very well to Max in that film but it's it's on Disney Plus. You've got no excuse for not have watched it. I have. I don't want to. All right, God, what you you're just full of aggro against me today. We've just done another podcast where you've been slagging me off. I'm not slagging you <laughs> off. I'm laughing at you. There's a big difference. All right, I'll let you off. Yeah, <laughs> but but anyway, what what was the point I was making? Yeah, um, obviously in the nineties, I always thought that I was like on my own for thinking this was a really cool film, um. Because obviously it was sort of pre-internet age. But Disney have really realised and embraced a Goofy movie in a lot of their merchandise recently. Because it turns out all of us were on our own thinking we were the only ones that have seen this film. But it turns out it's got one of the biggest fandoms of my age category. Because because it was underrepresented for so long and nobody could get any merch. I mean, I was desperate to buy the Goofy movie soundtrack but you could not buy it in England. Um, all throughout my teenage years, I was desperate to buy just the CD of the soundtrack, which is even advertised in the credits of the film. But I couldn't even get that as a kid. Wonder. So now I can get... I've got such a ridiculous uh, goofy movie collection of tat because I'm finally able to get it. <laughs> was there a goofy movie too? There was an extremely goofy movie. Was it any good? Max goes off to college to take part in the X Games. So no, then. Of the Disney sequels, it is one of the better ones. What is your favourite Disney sequel? Lion King 2. I, I, you see, you I wouldn't it? watch Lion King 2 because I like Lion King so much. But I, I did enjoy Bambi 2. I, I've not seen that one. Um, the, the thing with... Um, the Lion King 2 is it kind of follows a very similar um, story as The Lion King 1. And it kind of feels very like, um, what am I thinking? Like the way that Star Wars is supposed to be very cyclical and poetic and repeat itself. Right. It's kind of like that. But the reason why most Star Wars nerds hated the new... 
What, what was the first one of the new th- th- trilogy? Force Awakens. Yeah. The reason why most nerds hated The Force Awakens and I really liked it. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> whereas um, The Lion King 1 is based very loosely on Hamlet, um, the sequel is very loosely based on Romeo and Juliet. So, Gosh, maybe I should watch it. I do like me some Shakespeare. And it's got some of the better animation quality for the sequels because a lot of the sequels were farmed out to other companies and the the actual visuals are absolute dog shit but that that's not too bad and the songs are pretty good in fact some of the songs that are used in the sequel in in Lion King 2 were songs that were written for the stage musical and so they were actually decent songs that they that they use. So it's not like Jungle Book 2, where three of the soundtrack of about ten songs is one that was in the first one. Really? Yeah, they keep replaying... Uh, what, what's Baloo's song? Bare Necessities. Yeah, that's like three times in Jungle Book Ouch. 2. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's wretched. Sounds it. I won't bother with that one then. <laughs> no. The original plan for this podcast was to watch all of the Disney sequels, um, but we decided it was far too close to Chris's other podcast, Cinemortuary, so that's why we changed it. Okay. <laughs> and Chris always moans that this podcast is going to go on forever, but there's a finite amount of Disney sequels, and that was my plan, was that to keep it manageable, we would only watch them. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't do that in future with, like, a different podcast name. Well, yeah. Swap it out for the decombobulated episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, shall we talk about my itinerary? Oh, yeah, sorry, I got distracted. I do that. Right. So, we left off that we, it was laundry day and then we went to the hoop de doo review on the Sunday. Then the next day, after a boring day of washing our uh, undercrackers... We th- we then went to what is possibly my favourite day on the list, um, which was our second day at Magic Kingdom. And we were planning to do the Keys to the Kingdom guided tour of the park. Right. So this is obviously something you had to pay extra for. It's $100 a person, but in a very small group, you get, as I say, a guided tour of the whole park with a with a guide um which also allows you to get onto cer- certain rides without um queuing but essentially if you like if you're a, a movie fan that likes easter eggs in movies it's the per- it's basically real life easter egg hunting so the guide will go through point out all of these tiny little minute details that you would not see if you were normally walking around the park and tell you what the inspiration for them was and things like that. For instance, like when you get into the park, when you're walking down Main Street, all the windows of businesses on the first and second floors all have um, various names painted on and they will go through you and, and tell you because every name on there was inspired by a real-life person that worked for the Disney company, and they will tell you all the details about that and things like that. You see, I like stuff like that. I do. Yeah. And I, Very different, but I went on um, like a, an LGBT walk of Manchester. I've lived in Manchester for 24 years, but what I didn't know, there's these, these little collages of the rainbow flag dotted around Manchester. Oh, and cool. On the on the pavement, and the each one is a stop on that tour. Yeah, 
So that's really cool because there was like this is where you know all these all this LGBT history happened, and I think I'd really I would have genuinely enjoyed that in Disneyland. Yeah, that 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 that, that appeals to me. I think I'm going to be dishing out some sum sums today. Yeah, so that was a five-hour experience. So we started at 8 a.m., and that takes us through to about Ooh. 1 in the afternoon. 8 a.m. It... minus one sum sum. <laughs> That's far Look, too early. Here's the thing, though. It's 8 a.m. Florida time, which is actually nearer to, like, afternoon for us Brits. So, actually, our body clocks are perfect for getting to the parks really early. Right, okay. See where Not I'm buying it. The thing is, like, if you want to get everything done, you have to get there early for these parks. Um, oh, and absolutely. Actually, and actually staying on property gets you in a lot of the parks an hour early. Um, but as I, we planned our art- itinerary before they had actually um, said what the park hours were. So unfortunately, none of our days actually line up with the early hours, which is a bit annoying. Yeah. But yeah, you get your lunch included on that tour, but obviously we got the dining plan anyway, so that's a bit of a shame. But it does meant that we had an, we've got an extra credit freed up for later. Um, so yeah, we were doing the tour, and then after the tour, we booked a few fast passes whilst we were at Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So the first one um, is the Peter Pan ride, um, which I'm sure would be your mate Fraser's favourite. Um, yeah, but you're going to need to tell me about that. Is it is it a bit wishy-washy, a bit kiddie, or is it good? It's kind of both, I think. It's one of the rides that has the longest queues, um, but it is fun. It's you are in a in a pirate ship which is uh, suspended from the ceiling, and it's a dark ride, so it goes through various scenes from Peter Pan, but. Because it's suspended from the ceiling, you're essentially flying over everything like Peter Pan. And even though it's like a really old attraction, it, it is actually quite magical. And especially like there is a w- one big room where you're flying over the streets of London and the effect is, is quite good. Sounds all right, but it could it's do not with... thrilling. Let's yeah, say. it could do with like a bit more white knuckle. Well, you're not going to really like the rest of the rides today because our other two are also dark rides. <laughs> so there's the Little Mermaid ride, which is the same but underwater. So it's like you're going under the sea. Um, and then finally, there's a dark ride of Winnie the Pooh. No, no. Right. But- you started so well with your interesting historical tour. And then right. you wasted your fast passes on a load of tat. <laughs> but the thinking was, we've been on this very long walk all day, all morning, sorry. So let's sit down and just be entertained for the rides, was our thinking. Your well, logic is sound, thing. but fuck yeah. that. You're, 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 a, you're an amusement park. Don't, don't, well, don't go and sit with the five-year-olds. Go and be a grown-up <laughs> and have a go on the whirly things. Oh, I can't do whirly things. They make me sick. I like whirly things. We've had this conversation. We've we've already been through this, yeah. Then after that, so we were having a reasonably early depart from the park because that our last fast pass was at like half three. So we were going to go back to the hotel for a bit. And then in the evening, this was going to be date night. So there is a hotel called the Contemporary, which was, it's quite a funky kind of modern but from the, when it was built in the 70s. So it's kind of like old uh, retro modern 
retro futuristic um and the monorail line actually runs directly through the middle of the hotel that kind of shit mono but um, dope <laughs> then lol then um they on the top floor they've got a restaurant called the California Grill and it's what they call a signature dining experience so it's a bit more pricey but it's top notch food it's things like steaks and stuff but they also do incredible sushi apparently um which we're kind of fans of but the biggest draw to the California Grill is that it is close enough to the Magic Kingdom that whilst you're eating you can see the fireworks going off whilst you whilst you're eating that is very romantical. Yeah. And I, never I'm mind. a bit of a sucker for that kind of thing. Yeah. So you would have scored a nine for your day if you'd have gone on good rides rather than <laughs> pants. But I just, oh, that, I think, I think my, kind of my perfect day would have been culture, interestingness, some crazy, crazy rides followed by date night. I'd have loved that day. So, your your, th- your theory's right, but your choice <laughs> is poor. So seven sum sums for that day. Good day. Seven. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, you lost two for picking rubbish rides. Lost two. My God. I know. I'm being well arsh. You are being arsh. That was a good day. That right. Anyway. Um, uh, seven and a half sum sums. <laughs> seven and a half. Is that the um, arse half or the face half? Arse. <laughs> Right, okay. Do, do slugs have arses? <laughs> Is that what they're supposed to be? No, but they look like Disney slugs, don't they? They look like little colourful turds that have got a Disney face. What on the them. fuck are sumsums? I really don't know. I will Where not be bringing back any sumsums. Why are they are. popular? They look like know. a slug. Yeah. I don't want a cuddly slug, even if it has got Spider Man's face. I think some sums are over now. I think they've they've peaked and nobody's buying them because people realise that it is literally just something for you to buy. That is their whole purpose. Yeah, yeah. Not that I can talk as a pin collector, but at least they've got some funkier pins than some sums. Anyway. Don't, don't you collect pops as well? No, I don't. Oh, um, okay. What, what's your opinion on pops? Hate. <laughs> yeah. My thing is like, but there's always one. Like, I hate the design of Pops. I think they look stupid. I don't yep. get it at all. I think they're tacky. I think half the time they're not very well painted. And the other thing is, like, they are so mass-produced that they will never be valuable, which a lot of people collect for their value, which is not going up. It's going down. See, I'm not fond of people who collect for value. That's oh, not God, a real yeah. collection. That's just bellendery. But, yeah. So, so but I, I think don't... about Pops... They're just, they are so expensive for what they are. They're a hunk of plastic that looks vaguely like a strange alien baby version of something you like. Yeah. But. But there's always one. You see, I was about to say, there was one that I really, really wanted. And because I'm me, it was something really fucking obscure. I was, I was so close. I picked it up and I was thinking about, and I nearly headed to the till, but I put it back. And it was the Diva Plava Laguna from Fifth Element. Yeah, see, that's the thing. They, I, I hate ones like Ghostbusters and and you know Mickey Mouse and things that are just really mainstream. But as I say, there's always one, and of course, they released a goofy movie one, which was Powerline, the uh, pop star. 
So, and and it was a one of these limited edition ones for a specific thing. So I had to buy it. Um, bec- again, because I've always felt Goofy Movie was underrepresented. And actually, since that came out, that's when Disney themselves have done a crazy boom on everything else. So probably the Powerline one must have sold like hotcakes and they realized yeah. that there were was a market for it. But yeah, I've got that one. And then um, Kirsty's sister bought me um, a pop of Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors, The Plants. And I do actually really like that one because it doesn't look like a pop. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. It, obviously the pop style is that stupid little weird face with buggy eyes, but a plant with no face doesn't have that. So it actually, and it's a really detailed sculpt and it's really hefty. Mm. Um, so it looks amazing. And I really like that. It looks more like an actual prop from the film than anything else. And the, the other thing, the other one that I really want, but I'll never buy because of principles and I'm not going to let myself is they do have um, Elliot and Pete from Pete's dragon, which is one of my other d- favorite Disney films. Well, the, there was only the Diva Plava Laguna for me, but I know if I'd bought the Diva Plava Laguna, I would have had to have got Corbin Dallas and then Lilu Dallas, then Ruby yeah. Rod, and then every other really obscure character from from Fifth Element to c- complete the collection, because I know what I'm like with collections. Yeah. The only other one I ever considered was, it was about four or five years ago now, there was um someone who on Facebook was making British wrestling character um, modified pops because you can get like right, the, yeah. the, the plain pop can't you to make your own yeah and um, it was like I think it was about 30 or 40 quid and I would have quite liked a magic mark pop <laughs> a pop of me in my stupid ass outfit I don't wear the stupid ass outfit now I look a bit classier in the wrestling ring but at the time I was wearing really kind of gaudy stupid waistcoat and trouser combos that made me look like an <laughs> idiot but deliberately, I was supposed to look gaudy and kind of yeah. over-the-top, family-friendly, daft kind of thing. Um, but I would have really liked a Magic Mark pop. I think that would have been something that I would have actually Well, yeah, liked. if it's yourself, that's kind of different, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, it wasn't me, was it? It was... Well, yeah. It was wrestling persona me, which is kind of me. Anyway. Mine, mine would be rubbish. It would just be me in a Mickey Mouse t-shirt or some shit. Yeah, Goofy Movie T-shirt. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Have you got a Goofy Movie T-shirt, or were you waiting until you went to the 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 the, the, the place that we're talking about, Disney World? The, the actual Goofy Movie T-shirts that I've seen I've not been quite fond of. Um, they have just one that looks like the video case, which mm. is a bit, just sort of, a bit blah. <laughs> and mm. then they, do, they did have one where it's, you know these t-shirts you get where it's just like there's a print absolutely everywhere and it's just their faces are repeated and i'm not quite i'm not very keen on that style of t-shirt so they're the only ones that i've seen um, oh it is that doesn't sad. mean it doesn't mean to say there won't be one that i do like at some point i'm sure there will be hmm. anyway right second day of the second week the tuesday we were heading back to hollywood studios so as I said before, the problem with Hollywood Studios is they have a weird tier system, or at least they did, which really affects your fast passes. So that's why we've gone for a second time. Right. Um, so the plans that we had for this was at half nine in the morning, 
we were going on a roller coaster. Ooh. And it's one of the newer ones in Toy Story Land, and it's called Slinky Dog Dash. And it is literally, <laughs> you are on Slinky Dog. And it's a family coaster, so it's not scary biscuits like you like, but it is a launch coaster, so it revs up and oh, so goes it's like Rita. It. Yes, but yeah, it's Baby Rita. <laughs> so that was the first plan. And that's the that's one of the ones that's uh, tier one. So it's really difficult to get a fast pass for, but we managed it. Then second up is a classic Star Tours. Did you go on that when you went to Paris? No, it's not Paris you've been to, is it? It's, uh... I've been to Paris. Oh, yes, you have, yeah. Because they've got it in Paris and they've also got it in California anyway. Did they have it when it was first launched? you got to remember I went like only a couple of years I... after Euro Disney happened. I'm pretty sure they did, but I could be wrong. Maybe I mean, I must have gone on it, but it was so long ago, I don't remember it. I know what Star Tours yeah. is. It's the it's the Star Wars. Yes, yes, I did go on it. I did. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I did like it. I'm. The thing for me is, as I've said, simulators do make me feel ill. So, but in the Star Tours ride, the queuing area is like you're in a space station. And mm. I think it's really... Um, not interact immersive that's the word i'm looking for so even though i have to spend most of the actual ride with my eyes closed it is a fu- as as a massive star wars fan even just the experience of going on it is still fun even if i have to sort of not enjoy it like everyone else gets to <laughs> i think then- i think the the star wars focus on the hollywood studio stuff that you've done would suit me but what else is the that you haven't mentioned that you kind of ignored what what other franchises is there any marvel shit going on right so here's a very interesting thing about marvel before long before disney bought the uh, the marvel license the universal studios parks already owned the license for theme parks to build marvel rides in florida oh. so if you go to Florida, Disney are not allowed to have any Marvel rides at all, even though they own it, because they already have a contract with Universal Studios. So if you go to a Universal Studios park, I think it's Island of Adventure, all of their massive roller coasters are all themed to Marvel, just for you, and you can go into the shops and buy Disney merchandise. Good grief. But they are bringing Marvel to Disneyland Paris and um, Disney's California Adventure in California. Because, <laughs> because um, yeah, it's just Florida that they don't have the rights to do anything. Um, have you seen any of the um, the animatronics they've been working on for the Marvel section? No. They have got animatronics that can do acrobatics without being plugged into anything. Damn. Basically, they're going to have a Spider-Man flying over your head. A robot Spider-Man. It's insane. Cool. It Honestly, they, they've, they released some footage a um, couple of years ago, I think, of them working on them. And it's the, the, the bit that they showed was this animatronic um, on the trapeze, swinging itself backwards and forwards on the trapeze, jumping off the trapeze and doing a somersault and landing on a mat. And they've confirmed that it's this technology that they're developing to use in the Marvel Land. 
Bloody hell. And when you watch it, obviously, like, it is clearly a robot in terms of they haven't themed it to anything and it looks mechanical, but the movements that it is performing looks like a human being and it is spooky. Yeah. But that's that's what will have to get you over to Disneyland Paris eventually when they open open all the Marvel shit. Yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood Studios for a long time was considered a quarter day park because there's there was so little to do in terms of big rides and stuff. But in the last couple of years, they've opened, yeah, Toy Story Land and the Star Wars Land. So there isn't that much that I'm ignoring, actually. We're, we're, we're getting on pretty much everything that we can. Right. But yeah, that was that. Then for our final fast pass, um, what you can do is you can use one of your fast passes to then watch the big fireworks spectacular and get a better seat, basically. So we had that planned for the evening and it's a, a proper sit down sort of amphitheatre show at Hollywood Studios called Fantasmic, where right. there's kind of a storyline and there's like costume characters performing as well as the fireworks and stuff. So it's pretty funky. And then our evening meal that day, we were going to eat at 50s Primetime Cafe, which is the theme for that one is it's like going round to your your auntie's house in the 50s in America and she's going to serve you some homemade grub and all of the inside is themed like um, someone's uh, kitchen in the 50s and you all get a little TV uh, showing 50s TV. That's cool. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And all of the food is literally like proper homemade stuff. So like chicken pot pie and meatloaf and uh, pot roast and uh, fried chicken and stuff like that. Mm. so i was really looking forward to that because obviously like american it's american food that people over there will be used to all the time but it's this kind of shit that we see on the telly but have never eaten so so you think it'll probably end up being full of non-americans potentially yeah works for me (laughs) some of my best friends are american well, they won't want to eat there with you. <laughs> so anyway, that's our our Tuesday. What do you reckon? That was an, a low-key, but pretty cool day. And I think it's another 7.5 sum sum, so you can have the front bit of the sum sum I cut in, in half yesterday. Yeah, all right. I'll let you have that one. That's fair dues. Another good day. Um, yeah. Then our... Next day, we're back at Magic Kingdom again. Right. <laughs> Just for the hell of it. So, our first ride of the day on the Fast Passes is Splash Mountain, which is a log flume where you get really wet. But the theme of that one is it's the animated sequences from Song of the South. So, it's Br'er Rabbit and all of those characters. And Song of the go- South? Wasn't that the racist one? They're not allowed to show. Yes, which is why it's only the animated sequences and not all of the racism. <laughs> right, I didn't realise Br'er Rabbit was in that. Yeah, so basically the the main character, Uncle Remus, who's one of the uh, sort of negative uh, stereotypes, he's kind of, he tells all these moral tales and a bit like Aesop's fables, essentially. 
Um, so he tells the stories of Br'er Rabbit and there's always a moral. So whenever he sits down and tells the kids the stories, it then becomes animated of Br'er Rabbit. Right. So it's, in a way, it's kind of a way for Disney to kind of, um, what am I, what's the word? Kind of paper over the whole sort of racism side of the Br'er Rabbit things by separating it out and also meaning that, you know, the, the famous song zippity doo can be related to Splash Mountain when people sing it rather than a lot of people thinking of this incredibly racist film. <laughs> Bloody hell. It's a way of kind of rewriting history, but, you know, still still fun, I suppose. It's 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 there's a big discussion recently about whether or not Disney will actually um retheme the ride of for obvious reasons because obviously they're trying their best to sort of stamp out racism wherever they can from their back history. I mean, we've talked on our podcast so many times about they should probably start working with Disney Plus first before they start thinking of things like that. But I think the big um the most common one that people are bandying around is Zootopia, because obviously that's got a lot of animals in the story anyway. Um, and whether or not it would be possible to retheme the ride to Zootopia. Huh. Hmm. Can they not just, like, use the the footage of the Br'er Rabbit bits and make the, the, the live-action bits not racist and do a new cut? Well, yeah, that's one thing they could do, isn't it? Like, um... But I think the problem is, like, I, th- I could be completely getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure the the original Br'er Rabbit stories are written by a white guy pretending as if he is this black guy. So yeah. I think it's kind of, yeah, you can change the extra footage, but the source material from back in the day is still sketch as hell, so... I mean, they rewrote what was going on in Power Rangers. Can they not do that for that? You'd think so. Anyway, it's just a ride about some bunny at the end of the day. Like, I know there's still connotations, but I don't know. Sorry, I forgot. I've forgotten now. There was a ride based on Br'er Rabbit. Was it? Was 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 there any good bits, or was it another little boat ride? It's a boat ride, but it's it's a log flume as well, so it's got a massive drop. Log flume is about as as um, crazy as you get, isn't it? Hell yeah, I fucking love log flumes. Fuck's sake. <laughs> then our second uh, fast pass is the haunted mansion, which is really fun. Uh, again, it's a dark ride, but it's spooky. It's better than because we said on the other podcast, didn't we? The Jewel, is it Jewel that is called at Alton Towers? Yes. Yeah, so that one I don't like because it's just any scary shit they could think of shoved in a room. I like it because of that. Yeah, whereas the Haunted Mansion is made to be like a real house, so you're going through specific rooms and you end up in the garden and stuff, and all of the visuals all fit together pretty well. And it's That's also pretty cool, to be fair. Yeah, it's and it's proper, proper creepy, half of it. Um... Yeah. I do like a ha- like a classic haunted house. Yeah, me too. Okay, so yeah, that's that's worth that's that's worth some sum. Yeah. Then our final ride is 
Big Thunder Mountain. That's the biggest coaster you're going to definitely get me on, I think. Um, and again, you must have been on that one in Paris because that one opened with the park. Yeah, yeah, I have been on that. It was good. I yeah. think um, that, yeah, that's well worth going on. Okay, good. A proper ride. And then... One that's worth wait. One, one that's not a waste of a fast pass to go <laughs> on Cuddly Kitten's boat ride or whatever your next one is. Yeah, all right. Then the... <laughs> <laughs> Then the final, uh, that day, sorry, um, we didn't have an evening meal planned, but we did have a sit-down meal for lunchtime, and it's just this place called the Plaza, and it's just kind of burgers and stuff. So this is one thing we said was like, Magic Kingdom does have a couple of restaurants that are really good, but also you struggle after sort of two days to find new places to eat. So mm. we, we've we put it anyway, just to see what it's like, but it's now special. So that to is be fair, you know, you're in America. A burger joint is kind of a um a staple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I would rather eat somewhere different every day than just eat at the few places that we know are good. I'm not that kind of guy. I like to have something different each time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Balanced. Yeah. So that that's that day. What do you think to that one? That, that, I'm afraid it's another seven and a half sum sums. It sounds good, but not, not it's, you know, it's not the best. What, what, what did I give you nine sum sums for? Oh, it was the day, the Star Wars day, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was with the uh, the drive-through restaurant as well. Yeah, and we made a droid and everything. Yeah, perfect. That was, yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with you there. I think that's probably the best day so far. Yeah, so th- these are all good days, and yeah. you'd be scoring more sumsums if you were getting the right rides for me with your fast passes. Yeah. Okay, so the next morning, um, we were going back to Epcot, and when we were due to go to Epcot, um, they w- it was the middle of the Flower and Garden Festival. And what oh this What this is, is, yeah, it sounds a bit shit, um, and it's, yes, there's lots of uh Disney themed topiaries and more flowers than normal, but also it is a food festival. Oh, okay. And yeah, I'm listening. It, so all the way around World Showcase, which is obviously the different pavilions of different countries, they have f- basically like little food stalls and food trucks, and all of them are doing little sort of taster dishes. And you can use your snack credits, which obviously we get on the uh, the dining plan. You can buy your anything from these stalls with the snack credits. And so we were planning to just chill out, have a wander around, have our lunch that day, just getting a bit from here, a bit from there. And basically we spent the months leading up to the holiday just watching people's videos on YouTube of what's really good to eat. Oh, so, so can I just check? Did yep. you save some of your snack credits? So instead of using a meal credit, you were going to have almost like a walk around kind of, uh, what's that Spanish style of eating called? Like tapas. Tapas. So like world tapas. Exactly. Your... Mate, that sounds exactly the kind of thing I would have done with those snack thingies. Yeah, damn right. And um, basically we hadn't booked any fast passes this day because... The plan was that we would just hang out, eat some food, go on whatever we felt like. And then the evening we were due to spend at the Polynesian uh, Hotel, which we said we like our tiki shit. And they have like 
quite nice places for you to walk around and they have a beach and things. They also have stalls where we can buy shitloads of tiki stuff. They also have, um, there's a, a snack you can buy in Disney, which is basically um, a soft serve ice cream, but made out of pineapple, which is called a Dole Whip. Um, kind of like a soft serve um, pineapple sorbet, and it is absolutely delicious. And you can also get it as a float on some pineapple juice. And obviously in Florida, that's exactly what you want when it's hot. So we were planning on going to get some of that. And then we were having a meal at this restaurant called the Kona Cafe. There is another restaurant which I kind of wanted to go to at the Polynesian, which I can never remember the name of. But it's one of these ones where you just sit down and they Mm. put a shit ton of sides in the middle and then they just keep coming around with skewers of meat and just carve it off for you. But like a a Brazilian restaurant, like... um, Yeah, kind of. Ben Brazil. Yeah. Yeah, but the... Thing is, Kirsty's not a massive eater anyway, so we she wouldn't get very much benefit from that trip. So we hadn't planned to go there. So we've gone to Kona Cafe, which is just a standard restaurant. But then after that, they have this amazing bar at the Polynesian called Trader Sam's, and it is absolutely tiny. You have to get one of these beeper things and wait until you're um, called to actually go in and get a drink but the whole place is themed like a tiki bar actually in hawaii and so there's like all this uh, instead of windows it's all animated screens showing the beaches and stuff and there's animatronics and like basically it's like a bit like a mini show and even like they do all the cheesy shit where like if you buy a specific drink they will make little fireworks go off and They'll chat with the animatronics and they'll talk back to the staff and things. And there's there's a storm that goes off and stuff. And it just seems like a yeah, really cool kind of again a very chilled out, food heavy day. (laughs) So, as far as chill out days, and I think every holiday really needs one. You have had your laundry day, which wasn't a good chill out day, but this one where it is basically just getting lots of different foods and having a mooch, going shopping and then probably drinking too much in a tiki bar. That that works for me. That's that's eight sum sums that is. I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a good chill out day that. But yeah, I was expecting to spend a shitload on uh, pins that day in the Polynesian and also they sell um themed uh, tiki mugs as well. So, like, the the hotel itself, um, they have statues uh, that represent the uh, real-life sort of Polynesian tiki gods. Um, So, as you're walking around, you can see them and do, like, a a trail where you look at them all. But then you can buy them all as, like, tiki mugs and stuff. So, that's where all my money was being spent. (laughs) That does sound pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there any other tat that people collect other than pins? Um, yeah, they do all kinds of stuff. Um, a lot of people, especially women, tend to buy the Minnie Mouse ears. Like, they do themed ears for, like, any property you can think of. Um, and you see, like, a lot of these, uh, Disney Instagrammers and Disney vloggers, they've got, like, a whole wardrobe full of Minnie Mouse ears. Um, I don't really like that as much. I... I don't like to buy clothing or 
sort of gimmicky stuff that I would only feel comfortable wearing when I was at Disney. Yeah. Like, you're never going to see me popping down to the shops in my Mickey Mouse ears, are you? <laughs> no, but you'd wear your goofy movie t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's, yeah, I don't, I don't like collecting that kind of stuff. Mm. They do a lot of, um, like, I think in America, every single Starbucks city has a different, like, themed mug. And they even do, like, Starbucks mugs for each place in Disney and things like that. So there's all kinds of stuff that you can collect. And, and yeah, there's some sums and stuff. They also, oh, yeah, of course, some sums. <laughs> yeah. They always do, um, like, they'll do a range of things that are themed. So, like, there was rose gold recently, like, a few... About th- two or three years ago, they made some rose gold coloured glittery mini Mouse ears and like some other branded stuff that matched in the same colour. So like T-shirts and things. And it absolutely went mental and sold out. But then Disney have done that thing where because that one time it was really popular, they keep trying to make all these other col- And it's exactly the same range, but just in a different colour and yeah. trying to make that sell. But it never sells as much because they're expecting it to sell. So they make way too many things and then nobody buys them because people only want it when it's sold out. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to see you see online it's horrible sometimes like they'll they'll bring out a new line of stuff and you'll see like on the very first day there's like a, a fight people have queued three hours just to get in to get that particular item and they've bought five and then they're all peddled online and it it's a pretty gross kind of culture. So I only buy. Mm. I don't buy into all that stuff. I just buy things that I like. <laughs> to be fair, the only time I've ever done something like that was. Um, do you remember in the Manchester gig when Kylie Minogue was really, really ill and only did like six or eight songs, and then said, "I'm sorry, I can't carry on," and then they rescheduled it. They had a specific T-shirt for that one gig, right? So I bought four. <laughs> and made a lot of money off that. All right. It all went to Japan. Really? Like obsessive Japanese Kylie fans. Wow. Everywhere I sold them. I paid 20 quid for the t-shirt and they went for like 50 or 60 quid Yeah. when I flogged them. And um, yeah, some Japanese folk have got those t-shirts because I sent them. Very cool. Yeah. Well, well, well done. You've done your scalping now. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, You're part of the problem, Mark. I only did it once. Yeah. And I, th- I think as as far as kind of exploitativeness goes, I kind of l- like the idea that these three Japanese girls, because they're all girls, got a T-shirt that they wanted and I made a bit of money. It's a bit different to hoovering up stuff and selling to people that, would have missed out. There's no way these Japanese girls could have got to that gig. You know what I mean? I suppose. Yeah, that's one way of looking at it, isn't it? But I would have flogged them to, to Bob from Grimsby. So, you know. Yeah, ethical I'm, I'm scalping. Not that, that's I'm not that altruistic. Get. Yeah. You need to start the ethicalscalper.com. And, uh... mm. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, next day. So, Friday. This was my least favourite day. This was the day that... Um, Kirsty really wanted to do, okay. which was our trip to Universal Studios, because you've been there already twice. No, not Hollywood Studios, Universal Studios. This is our day out of Disney. 
Oh, okay, right. So, my thing is, a lot of the rides at Universal are either rides that you'd like, so massive roller coasters with loops and shit that make me feel sick, or they're all screen-based simulators, and there isn't very much else. So, I really struggle to find anything to do when I'm at Universal, but Kirsty really wants to go... Wanted to go, sorry, because of Harry Potter. So, right. and the the thing with Harry Potter, which they've done, which is very savvy, because they know there are a lot of people like her that only want to go to Universal for Harry Potter. So they put half of the Harry Potter shit in Universal Studios and half of the Harry Potter shit in Islands of Adventure. So if you want to do it all in one day, which you can do because you're only going to do the Harry Potter stuff, you have to buy tickets for both parks. Oof. And obviously there is a cheaper deal to do the two. Like you don't have to buy an individual, but it is still freaking expensive. Um and I personally, if I'm end up ever feeling safe enough to go to Florida, um mm. I would definitely not be going to Universal Studios because there is nothing for me to do. I end up going on the kiddie rides, and I mean really kiddie rides, because there is nothing in the middle for me to do otherwise. Yeah. Even I mean, that even the Harry Potter rides are all screen based and simulatory. So. The the problem with Harry Potter is JK Rowling's not a nice person anymore. Nope. And um I've I wonder whether I can take myself away from that. Yeah. And enjoy anything she's ever written again or whether it'll be in the back of my mind. And um but I'm gonna I'm gonna go at it from a I actually quite like Harry Potter point of view rather than getting yeah. more political on your podcast. Yeah. Actually sorry, no, not political. Human rights. That isn't politics, but you yeah. know what I mean. Getting yeah. all left wing right on No, it's not left wing, it's it's being a decent human being. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm getting at, but I'm not gonna get into that. But yeah. Well, I am. It's my podcast. Trans rights, everybody. Trans rights. Yeah, trans rights. Bang on. Human rights. Not. It's not. It's for every. I'm very angry with J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing for me. Is like, yes, I can read reread Harry Potter, and she's not going to get any more money for it. But if I go to Universal, a massive slab of that money is going to her, and all yeah. of the merchandising, and all of the food, and everything like that. So. I know Kirsty still is really in Harry Potter and still desperate because she's only literally just bought um, the new release of one of the books, but um, I'm done with Harry Potter. But to be fair, I was done a few years ago. I tried to reread it and it's one of the fandoms that I've not stuck around with, to be fair. I've got, I've had a lot of love from Harry Potter, but it is tainted for me now because she's such a bitch. Well, Jeez. someone had pointed out to me, uh, well, not to me, but someone was showing on Twitter like that basically a lot of the politics of the Harry Potter series are shit in general, which you don't really notice as a kid until, and not just about sort of trans rights and stuff, but the fact that, you know, there's only one Asian character and she's got a ridiculously stereotypical name. Things like as well that we we're shown that the house elves are slaves and the we never address it so like hermione is made to feel like a loser and an idiot because she wants to stop 
slavery amongst wizards and yeah. then it's never resolved it never because they're, apparently right. they're, they're not emancipated no right. they never are and a lot of what someone had said was that like basically it's a very liberal blairite vision of let's just keep everything the way it is and everything will be fine for me because it Ugh. even ends with harry potter um becoming basically a cop to preserve yeah. the 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 natural order and the current systems rather than um trying to free oppressed people and and working towards uh, equal rights for the various races in fact like if anything voldemort is the only person that challenges the order of things yes in the negative but it's very preservative the 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 morals of harry potter and it's all about you know posh kids that go to a posh school and are taught by lots of white people to essentially just carry on as they were and that they're better than everybody else um especially muggles yeah so it's not even just the trans rights things for me now that someone and it's that stupid thing where like it took someone to do a massive twitter post for me to go oh yeah that's that's not what we should be teaching our kids yeah anyway <laughs> we've got off topic a bit there we have but yeah fuck universal i don't want to go you'd probably love it <laughs> i would but it's whether or not I, I could get over myself and enjoy the harry potter stuff for what it is because you know there's there's a lot of love i don't know fuck morrissey love his music is 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 a um is something i very much um very much kind of championed because good grief the smiths were so good but Morrissey is a massive, horrible, nasty bellend. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I can think like that. What Harry the... Potter? But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't listen to the Smiths either. Where's the line for you then? So if if Morrissey is, as you say, an absolute prick and and a horrible human being, but the art's good, what would he have to do for you to then? Say the Smiths are not worth it. See, I don't know. I've been thinking about this kind of thing a lot recently, and I don't know. I need <laughs> I need to do more thinking about this. I need to reassess whether or not I can listen to the Smiths, or whether or not the way well, Morrissey's racist. Let's be blunt: Morrissey's yeah, horribly, yeah. horribly racist. Yeah. Um. But we've just said that transphobia is something we can't get past so why is that different it's not is it and that's like like i say that's why i need to think about it anyway theme parks eh mm. sums. <laughs> yeah so you need to score me universal day or do we just put uh not applicable well you didn't tell me what you're doing you just said you're going to harry potter world because um... honestly mate i don't know what i was gonna do <laughs> oh. I think that's a bit of a not applicable. You haven't given me enough information. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with us putting that. To be fair, I'm, I'm, I'll put right. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you ten trans sumsums. All right. Yeah. Good. But they're not for her. They're no. for trans people. <laughs> they're to they're be honorary sumsums. <laughs> right. Okay. So the next day, um, we were. Let's have a look. What's happening here? 
Yes, so it was our second day at Animal Kingdom, which you already said you liked. I did. Um, so, again, this was kind of a half day in the park, because we've got plans later on. Um, but the start was, excuse me, the second Avatar-themed ride, which is called Navi River Journey. And it's a bit of a dark, it's a dark ride in a boat. Um, but people tend to say it's a bit too short. But essentially, it's like you're riding down a, a riv- the river on this alien planet from Avatar. But at the okay. very end, it's got the most um, modern, high-tech um, animatronic of one of the... Pandorans, I think they're called, um, one of the aliens, and it's supposed to be like really impressive, but it's kind of like the second Avatar ride. It's not the best one, um, right? But again, you ha- it's in tears, so you have to pick one or the other. So we couldn't. It's do it in on the tears. Same day. Oh dear. Oh wait, <laughs> not that kind of tears. Then, again, we we were struggling to find enough rides that we could go on for this. Um, so we did the dinosaur ride from before again, where we go back in time in a Jeep, and it's scary. And then the third ride was uh, Cali River Rapids. So that's like um, when you go in one of those big round boats and get really, really, really wet. <laughs> eh. Not a fan of Rapids. I like it when... Especially when you're in Florida, because you actually are nice and cold for a little while. <laughs> uh, good point. Okay. I am. Um, yeah, I, I keep thinking along Gilton Towers lines. That's and, it, um, isn't it? Yeah, because when you're in a British theme park, the absolute worst thing that can happen is getting wet, because you will get a cold and you will die. <laughs> I'm not sure you'll die, but it would be unpleasant. No, it's factual. I've died many times at. English theme parks, trust me. Right. <laughs> I mean, it feels like you've already kind of done this day. Yeah, well, the second part of the day, this is where it gets interesting. Right. So Disney, as I said, they have kind of like a really big sort of shopping centre area, which has all kinds of funky shops and, again, lots of nice places to eat, bowling alleys, stuff like that. But they also have a theatre where Cirque du Soleil perform. So, yeah. So at half five, we were due to watch the brand new um, Drawn to Life show by Cirque du Soleil. So it was a brand new show that they'd created from scratch, where it was um, inspired by the history of Disney setting up his animation studio. So that was cool. And then in the evening, we were eating at a place called Chicken Guy, and do you know the celebrity chef Guy Fieri? No. Oh, from the show Divers, Drive-Vins and Dives. Have you seen it? No. Right. Well, he is the most <laughs> Sorry. crazy-ass Southern American frosted tips and flame shirt, um, sunglasses on the back of his red neck kind of guy. And he's a freaking mental case but he's really funny and he's opened a restaurant that basically just makes uh chicken fingers that's all it does right <laughs> but apparent but the gimmick for this restaurant is they have something like 25 30 different uh, dipping sauces 
and so you can Ooh. go through the menu and get shitloads of dips. And apparently, it's you know as as lame as it sounds, it is amazing. And as a guy that really likes Guy Fieri and thinks he's hilarious, I really wanted to go for it. So here's the thing, right? I I eat a lot of McDonald's on the way home from wrestling shows yep. because McDonald's only tends to be the only place that will serve you anything resembling food at midnight in between yeah. the middle of Piss Nowhere and Manchester. Yep. And um, almost always before I went veggie, I would have the um, 20, 20 nugget share box and not share. <laughs> and um, I've kind of converted to a um, 12, 12 mozzarella sticks box and not share. <laughs> Um, with the veggie nuggets, and I am very fond of get a thing that is in a certain shape, dip it in a thing, tasty. Yeah. I am very fond of dipping. So, does he have a vegetarian option? That is something I have not checked, but I would assume so. Cause for yeah, me- I'm going to assume he has, like, a, a veggie option, yeah. and therefore that restaurant sounds belting. <laughs> Okay, so that's the day. We've got Animal Kingdom in the morning, Cirque du Soleil, and chicken strips. What do you think? So, I thought this was going to be a weekday, um, but I love Cirque du Soleil. I saw um, Zumanity when I was in Las Vegas, and it was out of this world. Yeah. I suspect your your Cirque du Soleil won't be quite like Zumanity, but I do love the, uh, the flippy stuff. And that restaurant sounds amazing. I, I can't give it eight sumsums because the morning's a bit. Eh. Uh, it's it's another seven point five, but <laughs> I tell you what, the the afternoon is 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 a is brilliant. Good, I'm glad you like it. Right, and then we've got our final day, and this is not how we wanted it to go. But our second water park had to wait till the very end because. It doesn't open until this very day. So we couldn't go any earlier because we kind of wanted like, because obviously the water parks are a little bit more chilled out. So we wanted to put them in the middle of each week. So that hmm. it was a bit of a relax, but literally because technically we were going in March and that is kind of the the cold season in Florida. So the locals don't want to go to the water parks, but it's still ridiculously hot to a British person. So, so we'll still enjoy it, but yeah, this, so it was closed for renovations. So yeah, we're off to Typhoon Lagoon and this is the one that I've not been to, but the theme of this one is that it's kind of, um, kind of Caribbean-y, kind of exotic, general sort of exotic themed. So, um, there's a big mountain at one side and a, a full size ship is perched on it because it's been, left there after a typhoon that's kind of the big the big icon of the park and right. it's kind of the same as at the other water park lots of fun rides lots of ones that are really big um the lazy river ride has like animatronics as you're going around it and stuff it's kind of funky um but the plan was to yeah go there in the daytime Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I like, I do like a um, a water park. I did look up the place that I went to um, when I was a oh, kid. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. Nah. It's gone. It was called Forest Glades, but that's gone. And where was that again? Sorry, 
Oh, I know, somewhere near Wolverhampton, my dad drove. <laughs> I mean, there's the, there's a newish one in Blackpool, I think, and that's all indoors. And Skeggy, possibly? Skegness? I've seen the one in Blackpool, but I've not been. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, it's weird, UK, isn't it? I'll it go to Walton Towers on my own with my mates. But I don't know, about a water park, I feel like I would need to borrow a child. <laughs> so I need to wait until my nephew can control his bowels and then I'll go to water parks again. <laughs> yeah. Well, Colin was saying that when he was in uh, California, he went to a water park in his own one day. So he's obviously cool. He, he's uh, comfortable enough in himself to go to one. Well, as he put it, he just stayed in the lazy river all day because you can just chill out and fall asleep. Mm. Maybe that's the way to do it on your own. But yeah, so... We were there in the daytime and then we were going back to Magic Kingdom for the last time. Um, we had a meal booked to Be Our Guest in the evening. Again, that's the uh, Beauty and the Beast themed restaurant, which has a it has a posher, more sort of upscale menu in the evenings. Did you look whether or not we get a um, a, a teapot, a, an Angela Lansley oh, teapot? I didn't. I'm sorry. I don't think we do. Tim. It'll be a Lipton's tea bag in a plastic cup, probably. Oh. But the reason we were going back to Magic Kingdom is because we were saving the Magic Kingdom fireworks till last. As a final That makes farewell. sense. Kirsty was really not cool with this to begin with um, because... She's the kind of person that wants to do all the cool stuff right up the front. But it's like, you know, it's the perfect kind of farewell to Disney. Save it till that day. Make yourselves cry. And then the next day we were heading back. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think I'm with you on this one. That A firework display does seem like a closure of yeah. some some sort. And we'll already yeah, have that, seen it a from a day, distance, because obviously we went to uh, California Grill where we could see it as we're eating. But this is the proper, I'm there watching it kind of shit. Hmm. Mm, no, that's a good day. That is a good day. All right. So how many sums is it? I can't remember how many I gave for the last water park one. So the last water park um, was an eight, but that was because we went back to the Star Wars cantina afterwards. So it's Cantina versus Fireworks. Mm, I think I'm going to have to give it another eight. Then, yeah, all right. Because that's good. That That is a good, nice balanced day with a good ending to the holiday. You don't go on any good rides, but, you know, I've, I've <laughs> kind of given up on that as an idea. Yeah. And then on the Monday, technically, we're going back to Disney Springs, which is the shopping area, because um, our flight isn't till half six in the evening. But there's no point in scoring that because it is literally just a time killer that day we're not the kind i well especially me i'm not the kind of person who would go um to a theme park and then get on a plane because no. the plane itself is going to be too much for me anyway nine hour flight so. yeah and i think i'm i personally get to airports insanely early i i as, yeah. I've, I've, more often than not i'll spend more time at the airport than i do on the fucking plane <laughs> Maybe well, not when you're flying to America, but well, still, we when we went when we flew to America, we got there so early that we were in the um, in the lounge for least two hours before anything resembling movement happened. And for me, that's a peace of mind. So I, I agree with your choice of last day. A little bit of a mooch. Get there nice and early works for me. Yeah. Well, we actually had. Um... 
because the standard setup when you go with Virgin is that you're given a rental car, but Disney have started um, charging you to park at their hotels, which is fucking ridiculous. Motherfuckers. It's $20 a day just to park your car. And they're doing this on purpose because they know people like me, if I'm going on a Disney holiday, I'm going to get rid of the car rental to save that money. But then it means that I am stuck on Disney and will spend more money at Disney. So it's a criminal kind of setup that they have. But we went along with it. And so we changed. Instead of going for a higher car, we've actually just got lifts to and from the airport in a private mm. car. Because the other, the other option is um, Disney do have a bus uh, free bus service, but obviously they go all around the houses and uh, stop at every hotel, so you never know how long it's going to take. And me yeah. getting off a, a plane after I've been on it for nine hours, I was like, no, I am getting a car. I'm getting straight there and straight back. So that, yeah, that I'd was, have done the same. That was our final little thing. And it's still cheaper to do a private car than it was to get a car rental for the week. For the two weeks. By private car, are you talking a taxi or an Uber? Or are you talking a limo? I'm talking a taxi, but a limo would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it would. I wonder if that's an option. (laughs) Next time I'm booking. It will definitely be an option. There will be a limo company that will do that for you. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, I wouldn't wouldn't be getting the best of it, I don't think, after a flight. I would still just be feeling too shit. I just want to get there. (laughs) Fair enough. So yeah, that's our two weeks done. So our shittest days were arrival day, first day at Magic Kingdom, which I think is a travesty because there was some good shit going on then. Epcot day, um, pant washing day, you rated the same as all of these theme park days, I would just like to point out. They were your shittest days. Yeah, because you convinced me that your pant washing day was a better day than pant washing day. Well, I suppose you're right. Yeah, okay. So they were the shit days, and then the winner was definitely Hollywood Studios, Star Wars stuff, Toy Story stuff, diner for an evening meal. So when I, if I ever end up going to Florida, I'll have to keep that day as it is. Good. But honestly, mate, I don't know if I will ever get to Florida anymore. <sighs> the world broke, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I'll... I'm just going on Twitter to have a look at the thing that I saw yesterday, just so I get my facts right, my figures. Yeah, here we go. So this week on the 10th of June, or June 13th, sorry, which is only uh, two days ago, Florida doubled its previous all-time high caseload for coronavirus um, patients. And that's insane. So the second wave has already hit America. Despite this, Universal Studios is already open and Disney opens in less than a month. And it is insane to me that we are at that stage. You can understand people's impatience. You can understand how it's starting to affect people's mental health. You can understand that lockdown really, 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 really does suck. It's a, it's a really unpleasant thing. Yeah. We've all lost so much. We've all, not just financially, but we've all lost 
events that we were looking forward to. We've all lost getting to see people that we care about. We've all lost a huge, huge amount. But this, to me, seems like... Well, we tried it. It didn't work. Let's get everyone infected or the old people die. Yeah, exactly. I can't see how it's anything other than that. Profit over the safety of people. Yeah. And fuck Disney. Absolutely, yeah. The th- the thing that I knew was going to be a problem from the start was that they had, you know, the, the state put people from, executives from Universal and Disney World on the board who would then decide when theme parks should open. And the, they always use that kind of explanation of, oh, well, we need the experts that know these things on the board so that we can... Um, make sure we're using the right information but it's actually the opposite and it means that the board is going to push to open as early as possible they're just going to because it's their money at stake and it's just it's it's crazy to me and the thing that upsets me more than anything is when you go on youtube and all of the vloggers are still going to the parks that are now open and i think they're really kind of inciting people's excitement for getting back to Disney at a time when we really should not be doing that because it is not safe. And no, and I think it's deplorable that people, and I know if there are, we will have Disney fans that listen to this podcast and think I'm, you know, going off on one and that it's, I'm, you know, I'll probably lose listeners from this, but I think it's fucking insane that we're trying to hype people up ready for Disney when it's already opening when it shouldn't be. I think we just need to like find something else to do. I don't feel like it's an attack on people that go to Disney. I think it's an attack on people on the people that have made the decision to allow people to go to Disney. Exactly. I feel that if your government is making recommendations that allow you to do something that's you've missed and you really want to do of course you're going to take that you're only human yeah but i feel the responsibility lies with whoever's made that decision to allow people to endanger themselves we are all fallible we all are led by our desires but the people making decisions like that should be better they should be making the right choices to protect people rather than giving people the opportunity to endanger themselves but endorsing it by by doing that you know for the sake of a new pair of mini mouse ears at the end of the day it's just yeah i just it makes me sad i i've lost a lot of stuff that i wanted to go to nothing quite like your holiday but i've lost a lot of things but i feel like i have a responsibility to the people I know and love and work for Mm. to protect myself as much as possible. And a Disney holiday would not protect the old people that I encounter when I take a funeral as a celebrant or my parents who are in their seventies. Yeah. I haven't seen my parents for X amount of time and I, I don't foresee seeing them for a long time. I hate that. Yeah. And it's other things that beyond Disney and stuff when like Matt Hancock, the 
health secretary yesterday who was getting it saying how only so many people had died yesterday and how great that was and what a kick in the teeth to anyone whose family did die yesterday yeah even if we are getting lower it's just ugh, i'm on that note shall we wrap this up because i'm gonna cry otherwise let's talk about something nice before we go all right what like <laughs> well how much you love scott pilgrim no <laughs> no but the thing is disney isn't disney world isn't going anywhere no that's true 12 months down the line when things are better things are safer i think a holiday to Disney would be brilliant. I'm I'm looking forward to next year now because I want to go to Glastonbury Festival. Yeah. But my I, I can't go to Glastonbury this year. It's gone. Yeah. But just imagine how sweet Glastonbury 2021 is going to be. It will be, yeah. And all it needs is a little bit more patience. I think you could have the holiday of a lifetime at Disney World sometime soon, but maybe leave it till next March. Yeah. At the minute, I'm just thinking I'm staying clear of America until Trump's gone. Because will I? Will we? You know, this is the thing currently that is keeping us from being safe. What will the next thing be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was a consideration when we went to America whether or not I could bring myself to go to Trump's America. But I really, really, really wanted to go to New Orleans, and there yeah. wasn't a an international pandemic at the time. No, no. But yeah, that's that was our rundown of the holiday. I've kind of... This has been a therapeutic experience for me. I've made my peace with it. It's kind of... Going through it and reminding myself of the reasons I wanted to go, I think, is making me feel better and making me feel more positive about going in the future. I, I do think that. So... Thank you very much for helping me today. I think for me, it's been a, a a huge deal learning just how huge Disney World is and how much you can actually fill. You, you could literally fly to Florida, see none of Florida, have a week in Disney World, and it would be a complete immersive experience. And yeah. I, I, I never really thought about that. I, I, I thought it would be a trip to Florida and one of the days would be visiting Disney World. And I'm fascinated by the scale of it all. Yeah. Well, this was kind of the idea of being our luxury, once-in-a-lifetime Disney holiday. Because you can do mm. Florida a lot cheaper. You can stay off property and you can do other things. Um, and obviously, if we were staying off property with a hire car, then it might have been a week at Disney and a week doing other things. And there are other things that I do want to do in Florida because I love how tacky everything outside of disney is as well like i love that kind of almost like british seaside kind of junky tourist stuff on the periphery so it's not like this would be my only ever trip to florida if i do eventually decide that i'm safe to go but this was definitely our disney trip our once in a lifetime spend all the money to have a brilliant yeah. time um, yeah, and like I said at the very start of the first episode, I've had this yeah. when I did my WrestleMania trip, and I want you to have that, Tim. I do, because I like you, and I want you to have that special 
once-in-a-lifetime holiday that you've saved for and you deserve because you saved it. Just not for a while, eh? God, if anybody deserves an holiday, it's me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you very much for joining us again, Mark. It's been a pleasure. As always, you're welcome back anytime. Um, where can people find you on Tinterweb? You can find me on my various podcasts on the We Made This Podcast Network. I've got a comic book show, which is a weekly review of comics, at Paul or Pass on Twitter. I've also got my celebrant-based podcast, where I talk to people about um, birth and naming ceremonies, weddings and relationships and funerals and death. That is at Life's Milestones. And I've also got Shipwrecked and Comatose, a Red Dwarf podcast, which is at Red Dwarf Pod on the Twitter. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. You're welcome. I've had a load of fun. Bye. Peace. (laughs) Always great to have Mark on the podcast. Before I go today, um, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of sad news i'm afraid but we are going to be taking a little hiatus for without a mouse um chris has had a lot of stuff to deal with away from the show which is obviously why he hasn't been on for a very long time and the plan for me is that he's an integral part of the show i know we've had episodes where he's not been on but i've made the decision that i'm going to uh put the show on hold until the pair of us can have a little break and we'll come back to it um, in the future when we're feeling refreshed and reinvigorated and uh, more passionate about this stupid show. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very sorry, everybody, um, but we will be back. If you have enjoyed the show so far, don't forget that you can give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and we will then read it out at the beginning of our next episode. And you can also keep in touch with us on at podwam on twitter or we are on instagram with at without a mouse and i don't mention it very often but we do have an email address as well if you're not on social media so you can contact us at without a mouse at gmail.com also i am still continuing with my other podcast uh, we played this which is a podcast where i interview guests about their favorite gaming experiences and um, so that will definitely be uh, still continuing for the foreseeable future um, but yeah, it's been great, and I will, we will definitely see you all sometime very soon. Bye. Without a Mouse is part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Logo by Chris House, theme tune by Ether Moore. Elsewhere, and we made this. Between the notes. And you come out of that film feeling like you are terrified of everything around you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you, know? you, you, don't, you don't want to touch anything. Do you? I didn't want to touch anything. I didn't want to touch the door coming out of the cinema. I didn't want to touch the railing going down the stairs. I didn't want to <laughs> like that. Yeah. 
it's astonishing. It leaves you with with a with a real sense of oh my god, like we're all we are all going to die. Observing the pattern, a fringe podcast. I mean, you have to. I mean, I think if you're going to build up this mysterious mythical man, it has to be an actor with some significant presence on screen. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think getting Leonard Nimoy was was a bit of a catch because I think at this point he'd actually retired from acting, yeah. and it was Abrams that brought him out for Star Trek and brought him out for this. Oh, there's there's no you know you can't deny that even a, a non fan like me you can't deny the uh, the the gravitas that he brings with him. You know, just to having him on screen, even if it is just for like the twelve seconds that he's in this episode for. Yeah. I'm in a band podcast. Touring in Germany, though, is absolutely golden because the venues have these, like, graffiti, stickered-up toilets, but the toilets are actually nice and clean. Yeah. You can actually go do a shit in them. You're like, do you know what? This is all right. Like, yeah. I'm actually, I could sit down on it as well. No, I'm not, I'm not into that because that's kind of like putting ice cream on pizza. It's like if I walk into a toilet that looks like a shithole and then I see a beautiful, shining Armitage shack, um, I'm going to feel a little bit pissed off. It doesn't keep See, I'm not. I need, I need myself a good toilet, mate. I need a good shithole, somewhere where you can sit down. Yeah, no, I, I, get, I get that. I get right. that. I get that. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network.